0: us to use them to the maximum to spread the good news of Jesus here in Longview and across the world. We give these not to the church, we give them to you. We thank you for loving us in Jesus' name and all God's people say, amen. Please be seated. I read a survey two weeks ago that asked the question, why do people go to church for the first time? They said about 15% of the people because of the pastor. Wish that were higher, but it's not. (laughs) Same amount for music, a little higher because of the youth program and the children's program. The number one reason that people will go to church for the first time, 70% of the time, is because someone invited them. So these invitations are really not to be left here. They're to be used just to give to people in an act of kindness with a smile, someone you know, or maybe getting gas or in a store and just say, hey, I don't know if you have plans for Easter, but if you can, we'd love to have you uh, join us and just make these available uh, to people. In fact, we kind of feel a little fearful. So watch this little video for a moment. Yeah, so information about the family Christmas celebration, about Good Friday, a Seder service, how the Jewish people would celebrate Passover, and that's all a part of the story of, uh, of Easter. Potluck on just before we meet for worship, so it's really going to be a, a great day. Open your Bible to Acts chapter 2, second chapter of Acts. While you're doing that let me just take a little survey here. How many of you have ever forgotten someone's birthday? May I say your hands? How many of you have ever forgotten an anniversary? You You feel badly, don't you? Somehow we feel like this. we have this need to celebrate these milestones that come in life. And it's real interesting. Only people feel this need. Your lab at home does not get bent out of shape if you forget his birthday. Houseplants don't care about graduations, but we do. People do. So think about what happens when we participate in some kind of a milestone. Um, usually we do it in community. I mean, it's no fun to celebrate your birthday by yourself. One time I was, I was away from home at Father's Day. I missed my four kids so much. That it, was, it was no fun at all. So we gather friends and family around us for these big events, birthdays, graduations, retirement parties, baby dedications, anniversaries. Community, and someone will stand up and they 'll say a few words to explain the significance of, of the event so there 's reflection that takes place, and there 's a celebration there 's food there 's a party atmosphere there's songs uh, uh, maybe pictures that that are shown so community, reflection, and celebration and I mentioned all of that because those are the three ways that we celebrate or we participate in two of the most important events in the life of a Christian, baptism and communion. Now, baptism is a one-time event. Communion is an ongoing, regular event, and we celebrate communion here at Fellowship the first Sunday of of every month. And what I want to do this morning is I want to take a one-Sunday break before we finish the series on the Armor of God Spiritual Warfare because there's a lot of confusion that takes place about baptism and communion. So I'm going to spend most of my time talking about baptism because we have communion on a regular basis here, but it's confusing to a lot of people. For example, what happens, what really happens when someone is baptized? Does it wash away their sins? And if it doesn't, then why do it? Uh, and if, will I go to hell if I don't get baptized? And how should it be done? Some people sprinkle, some people pour, some people immerse, some people baptize babies, sometimes some people baptize only believers. I mean, what's right? How do, how do we know? And how do you know if you're ready to be baptized? You cannot read the New Testament without being confronted by this thing of, of baptism. The first public appearance of Jesus was at a baptism. His first public event as an adult, his first public act was to be baptized. His last words to his followers before he ascended into heaven included baptism. And I want you to see how the first sermon at Pentecost after Jesus rose from the dead and the Holy Spirit has come, what happened in that first sermon. So Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 36, Peter has presented the gospel He has explained who Jesus is and he wraps up his sermon. He summarizes it in verse 36 and says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? The Holy Spirit took the word of God, and went to work on the hearts of people, just like happened with many of us. And they were cut to the heart. They realized they had been wrong about who Jesus was. He was not just another religious leader. God demonstrated that by raising him from the dead. And they realized their sins had crucified Jesus. That's what Peter said. You crucified him. Their sins of apathy, sexual sins, pride, selfishness, lies, their sins broke God's heart. And they realized that if Jesus actually rose from the dead, he had an absolute claim of lordship over their lives. They were cut to the heart. So their question was, what do we do? And maybe you had that happen to you. The word of God came to you with power and it cut your heart, and you realize your sin and your need for Christ. What do you do? Verse 39, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, repent, the Greek word metanoia, and it means to change your mind, turn from the way that you have been living, turn from yourself, and then be baptized into, literally into the name of Jesus Christ. In other words, call on Jesus as your Lord and your Messiah. And he says, you'll be forgiven and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 40. Verse 39. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off whom the Lord our God calls to himself. What a promise-keeping God we have. He delivers he keeps his promise to save, repenting people. And it says, He's calling people. He's actually doing what we sang a moment ago. He's actually calling people, which gives us a lot of confidence that God is at work here in Longview, in the people around us, and we're a part of what God is doing by giving an invitation to Easter. It gives us confidence that the Lord is moving, that He's working gives us confidence to be bold. And so let's keep lifting Jesus. Let's keep sharing the gospel. Verse 40, and with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. In other words, turn your back on your former life, align yourself with Jesus, your life with him. He's calling for a public decision to align people's lives with Jesus as Christ followers. Verse 31, verse 41, so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls, 3,000 people just like us, 3,000 people who got up in the morning and had no idea their life was going to change that day, 3,000 people who had their hearts cut by the word of God and Peter drew a line in the sand like Colonel Travis did at the Alamo and said, step across, declare yourself to be a follower of Jesus, 3,000 people that day went public with their faith. They were baptized. So what is baptism? It's a public identification with Christ and with his people. Baptism is standing in water in front of people and saying, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus has done everything that is necessary to save me. I do not belong to myself anymore. He has bought me with the price. I belong to Him. I'll go where He wants me to go. I'll do what He wants me to do. I've surrendered my life to Him, and I don't care who knows it. He's my Savior and my Lord. So, in a way, baptism separates the tire kickers from the real car buyers. Baptism is a kind of you really mean it or not kind of a test. If you see a person walking around with a uniform and a badge, you probably conclude it's a policeman. If you see a woman wearing a wedding ring, you probably conclude she's married. And in the same way, baptism is saying to people around us, to the world, I'm a Christian. I belong to Jesus. Baptism is the biblical way to profess your faith in Christ. Now, this is a problem because we live in a very private culture and people say, mind your own business people say, don't stick your nose where it doesn't belong. And that attitude comes into Christianity and people say, my faith is a private affair. It's my personal relationship with Jesus. And you're right. It is a personal thing, but it is not private. In fact, the scripture is very clear. God commands us publicly to express our faith. Listen to Romans ten nine: If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Holding it in your heart privately is not good enough. He says you have to confess it with your mouth. And in Matthew 10, Jesus said this, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. That doesn't sound very private. Acknowledging Jesus is serious business. And there are many ways to do that. But the initial way, the biblical way, is to step in water and publicly state your faith in Christ, be plunged under the water, raised up again as a symbol of Christ's resurrection. Because once you do that, you're on record. Do you know there are people now calling for baptism renunciation certificates? Renouncing my baptism, they say. They understand baptism is a defining moment in the lives of many people. It's kind of an accountability. Do you mean it enough to go public or are you hiding in the shadows of closet Christianity, counterfeit Christianity, comfortable Christianity? Jesus commanded everyone who claimed to be his follower to be baptized. His last